got one man up and Jonathan Joseph comes straight through the middle. Got Mike Brown to beat as the last line of a defence and here goes Joseph. Joseph's going to get over. Oh, and he was absolutely knocked back into that tweet by Atwood. David Atwood has got titanium in his shoulders at the moment. Watson goes on the outside. Oh, Watson goes this time from a rather drizzly Beppu, eagerly waiting the huge weekend of rugby that is going to take place just a few miles away here here in Japan in Oita. My name is Gabriel and I'm joined as always by trusty Tom. Tom, how are you? Konnichiwa, yeah, very good. <laughs> very, very good, thank you. Buzzing with uh, with excitement for not only the quarterfinals uh, tomorrow, but the kickoff to the, uh, the new season, the Gallagher Premiership. Um, obviously, the boys will, um, at about 3.45 a.m. Uh, Japan time, um, be taking on um, Bristol Bears and, and trying to get a bit of uh, revenge after, after last season, Jay. Mm. Against Dave Atwood as well, who um, we might as well mention and <laughs> yeah. apologise early. Unfortunately, we've not had the time being out here in Japan to change all te- our... All technical skill. Yeah, all technical skill to change the... Um, intro music so Dave Atwood's there hopefully for for one more time only Uh, fingers crossed we don't see any of those titanium shoulders on Friday night as you mentioned Tom on this podcast as you say we're going to look ahead to that Bristol game and look ahead to all the other rugby taking place on this magnificent weekend but also look back at Bath's impressive win uh, against Gloucester in the Premiership Rugby Cup uh, on BT Sports I'm sure lots of you caught that um, and we'll have your opinions we'll get to them later on in the podcast but first Tom uh, you started with a bit of Japanese Uh, the only word I've heard you say is konnichiwa (laughs) how have you found uh, the experience in Japan now you've been out here for almost three weeks now Uh, how have you found it yeah I mean the Japanese hasn't uh, hasn't really improved over that period but I've had an absolutely brilliant time um, so far and as I say just kind of building up for this um, uh, crescendo with the with the four games um, at the weekend. Um, obviously, we'll be we'll be going to to the two down here, which will be um, England, Australia, and then France, Wales um, mm. the following day. But it's been fantastic, and it's been incredible to see how much um, a country that's only really started playing rugby um, or, or at a high standard over the last few years, how much they've embraced it, how much they've got on board um, with not only their team but with all the travelling supporters who have who have come out here. And I don't know if there are any other listeners um, who are out here, but they are such a fantastic um, group of people. It's a brilliant um, culture. Um, the food is, is fantastic. The asahi um, is, is always cold. So uh, it's, 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 been, it's been absolutely fantastic. Uh, yeah, couldn't agree more. I think what has struck me being out here um, is just how enthusiastic they are for, for, for rugby um, and just how many sort of rugby fans there are. And I think we did get. Uh, we were quite lucky in that we were in Yokohama for the um, for well, trying. Hopefully, we were going to be there for the England France game. Didn't go ahead. We tried to get five tickets, uh, unsuccessfully get five tickets for the Scotland Japan game. Uh, when we couldn't, we found ourselves in an extremely uh, busy bar full of Japanese rugby fans. Um, few in Scot- what few Scots and a few well. Scots in what proved to be you know one of the best nights of, of, of my rugby life and and the enthusiasm and just the joy uh, on the Japanese guys' faces uh, when they when they beat beat Scotland quite comfortably in the end was was just incredible to see and just great to to to, to know that a game that that we obviously love in England um, is sort of reaching out further and further in the world and uh, yeah. long may it continue and, and how well they're playing as well you know this yeah. isn't just a um, you know a one time thing you can really feel. 
um, the love of rugby, the passion for rugby growing and, and results like um, you know the results against Scotland will only help that. And obviously now um, going into the weekend, the last game on, on Sunday, and we also have the repeat um, mm, against, oh, against the Springboks, which will be some game. And I mean, if that... If that were to happen again, I think it would it would just catapult rugby to another level mm. here, because um, obviously that's that's really what what kicked it off with uh, with Eddie Jones, of course. Yeah, of course, and, and and they're playing so well as well. Like that, they're not sort of a team that are going to go there and, and and kick and 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 take. I mean, the the ten can't kick for a start, so they've <laughs> got to play loose, and and that's what's so brilliant. I can't remember someone. I saw a tweeter about this. And I, I I can't credit who it was, unfortunately, but they said they're simultaneously. Both, both the best coach, the most coach team in the world, and also the least least coach team because their skills they they barely drop a ball and dropping balls has been such a problem in this World Cup with the humidity. But they barely drop it, but yet they play so free, they play so loose, and they've got guys like the two wingers, like Lafelli at thirteen, like the scrum half, Nagari. like Leach, yeah, yeah. Nagari at scrum half, like Leach, you know, like Hikoni, Hikoni, Himeno, the, the number eight. eight. Yeah. These guys are so good, and then they've got. Trivial Cisse coming off the bench <laughs> at, at Lee said prop to make a massive impact in that Scotland game when it looked like it might just be drifting away from them. So yeah, uh, incredible night and an incredible country as you say. Quite, quite brilliant. I, I, you know, I, I said to you in, in the build up so much. I thought they actually might be struggling in Scotland because um, you know Scotland under Gregor Townsend have really built their game around free throwing rugby and um, obviously with Finn Russell kind of uh, leading that Darcy Graham, uh, Stuart Hogg, really dangerous. Mm. Um, players and they built built a game around that and how you know well it has worked on occasions um, for example when we were in uh, Edinburgh for that for that Calcutta Cup match yeah but they were just unable to execute their skills in the same way Japan were and, and you know for some of these players this will be by far and away um, the biggest stage they played on they'll oh, be returning they'll be returning to um, you know their their jobs and their semi sort of semi professional clubs and and they're playing with such skill that I think um, you know they're going to increasingly start. Being offered contracts, um, more lucrative contracts in France, in in the UK as well, and that's only going to be um, that's only going to be good for good for Jap- Japanese rugby. Yeah, incredible. And then a little bit on the the typhoon, Tom. We yeah. mentioned there that the England France game unfortunately cancelled. We were in Yokohama um, when it when it hit, and I think we sort of avoided the worst of it. We kind of didn't really realise we didn't we thought it sort of passed through and didn't really realise how bad it was in other areas. Um, but quite a serious typhoon. What was your sort of take on that? Massively disappointing, firstly, because obviously we, we, you know, I was at the Argentina game as well, which is a fantastic spectacle. And I was so looking forward to, um, you know, to, to, to facing off against the French. Um, you know, there's all sorts of speculation about what the team was going to mm. be, whether we'd, um, you know, try some tactics, which would mean we finished second in the group and, and thereby avoid New Zealand. What, what, what we were going to do, and none of that ever materialised. I mean, I'm, you know, looking across sort of social media and, and, and the news, there's been a lot of people um, you know, calling into question um, the experts on typhoons. I'm not an expert um, on typhoons, as, as I think. There's been quite um, a few yeah. out here in the in the Japanese yeah. bars. <laughs> quite a few tourists who uh, are suddenly typhoon experts, which is interesting. I think I think because in Yokohama, in the end, it wasn't actually too bad broadly. Yeah. I mean, where we were right in the centre. Um, relatively near to, to, to the stadium, um, it was yeah. Well, uh, what we thought was the stadium it turned out to be a baseball stadium. Um, but where, where we were in the centre, um, it was you know strong winds, and I don't think you probably could have played rugby in it. But you know, there's an argument for potentially moving um, the game by a few hours or even a day, and, and and the conditions would have been fine. But I think when you see the pictures and the videos in the news of um, some of the areas that were um, more sort of sort of more 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 badly affected. Um, you can see why they, they didn't want to take the risk with the thousands of supporters who would be who would be travelling to get there. 
yeah, I, I, the frustration obviously was when we woke up on the, the Sunday morning and it was the nicest day we've had in Japan. Yeah. And, and you just think the Japan game wasn't till the evening and they could have put it in in the morning. But as you say, like the World Rugby wouldn't have taken that decision lightly in any way. And and to make such a big decision, they must have had serious like warnings from, from the typhoon experts out in Japan. You just can't sort of take chances no. with stuff like that. Um, any other thoughts on Japan or should we get stuck in get our teeth all yeah, talk quite a lot about rugby talk, anyway talk but, less about our holiday and yeah. uh, get, into, get, into, get into the proper stuff so yeah a bit of um, jet lag I think it was quite early on in my, my trip out here allowed me to uh, watch the, the Bath Gloucester game live you caught up on it slightly later on in the tour Tom mm. and a fantastic comeback for, from, from the blue black and white uh, when it all seemed to be going pear shaped after sort of 20-30 minutes quite brilliant and we saw this against Gloucester last season mm-hmm. you know, when we went down um, four or five tries and, and were able to, to recover that and get, got the draw in the end mm. um, on that occasion but it was brilliant to see um, how we stepped up you know we the, the tries that came um, in the first half um, so particularly the the try by the, the Gloucester Scrum half, who, who whose name I can't remember, but there were a couple of individual errors basically that meant that we we were down and we were down quite quickly. But to show the resolve um, in the second half that we did, um, with a few players in particular really standing out, I mm-hmm. thought I thought Ross Batty as captain mm-hmm. um, was absolutely fantastic. Yeah, yeah I think with the, with the England boys um, away and some of the the leaders um, uh, away with England and and South Africa, I think that you know it's really a need for players, more experienced players like Batty to, to step up and it seems like that's certainly what, what he's been doing. And, and I'll say as well, I think Batty obviously went off at half time with, with the jobs that are only half done. I think mm. Jack Walker coming on and taking over the captaincy, I was mightily impressed with him in that role and I know it's something that he did when he was at Yorkshire before he, he joined but I mm. think he was their youngest ever captain so that's really promising to see the leadership coming through in guys like uh, Jack Walker. And, and yeah, it was that resilience because it was such an inexperienced side out there, especially an inexperienced pack. And to show that, and the way we came back was through the pack. And to show that resilience was was really impressive. And, and I'll get a, a standout guy. And I think there's a sort of uh, man crush coming on for me and, and Levi Douglas. The guy's an absolute beast, and God, he showed it on, on on Friday night, a couple of Friday nights ago. He was he was amazing, and and yeah, he had a couple of promising performances. I'll say last season, mostly coming off the bench, but. I thought he was standout and, and, and obviously coming up sort of maybe replacing a guy like Dave Atwood in that enforcer role in the second row. He looked to be uh, really promising, Tom. Yeah, fantastic. And he he's a, he's a player, as you say, that's really grown into his role. He, he didn't quite know what his best position was a couple of seasons mm-hmm. ago when he first started. He was playing a bit of six. Um, he's now, um, seems to have got bigger, seems to have got mm. stronger. Um, he, he, he's really nailed down that that position um, in the second row, which is which is great to see. And, and as you say, it's... it's we need leaders like that to to step up, and and he was he was one of the boys that that, that really did that. Yeah, and then uh, a bit of a maybe rare occurrence, but I'll also say the other guy was was Freddie Burns. Yeah, uh, for sure, fantastic. Obviously, against one of his old clubs, um, and he he came on and 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 Davis didn't 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 play very well. If, if we're being honest, uh, uh, Alex Davis. There were so many Davis on the pitch; it was quite difficult yeah. to keep track. Two in the pack, weren't there? Yeah, yeah. Reese Davis is other lock, and yeah. uh, and uh, young Jack Davis as well at blindside. Yeah, so I don't think he had his best game. And Burns came on, and obviously the intercept try. But it, I think one of the problems was in that first twenty or thirty minutes, we just couldn't get out of our half, and they were dominating the the sort of territorial battle. Our real discipline was was kind of allowing them to do that, but we sort of changed that that we sort of got on the right side of the ref, they perhaps showed a bit more real discipline and that allowed us, with Burns' kicking game, take a bit more pressure off, off um, 
the scrum half fox, fox and yeah. uh, allowed us to get in their half and use that driving maul, which was such a, a potent weapon. Yeah, you know, you can't you can't uh, score a try from a driving driving maul from eighty meters back. You need to be in the right position. And and Burns coming on, um, you know, that really allowed uh, sort of allowed us to do that. The other thing I was really impressed with 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 Burns is we've seen how um, you know he can make a mistake and then compound yeah. um, his errors by trying to do sort of more and more uh, uh, you know um, kind of incredible stuff. Um, on a couple of occasions, he, he made an error. He kicked one straight out um, into the shed, for example, which um, uh, obviously he was was well received by by those Gloucester supporters. Um, and then a couple of minutes later, um, read the play brilliantly to get that interception pass um, to score, um, mm. which which really kind of t- tilted the momentum of the game in our favour. Mm-hmm. So um, brilliant to see him um, him kind of step up. Um, take leadership of the, of the team and, and get us the victory in the end. Um, ultimately, when he when he nailed that conversion um, late on in the game from from pretty mm. from pretty wide out on the right hand side. Yeah, fantastic from from Freddie. One of the standouts, and we'll come on to the the team selection against Bristol. Um, hopefully, you are listening to this podcast. Uh, we apologise that it is slightly close to the kickoff yeah. time against. Hopefully, you are listening to it uh, before the Bristol game, because otherwise, everything we say is bound to look absolutely stupid <laughs> if you listen to it after. Um, but looking ahead to that team selection, uh, both Douglas and Burns not in the in the in the fifteen. Um, come on to that a little bit later, Tom. Just a couple of other yeah, yeah, other points on. I was going to make on the game. So um, one, nice to see Jackson Wilson back. Yeah. Um, obviously, he had his problems with concussion. Went off again as well. Yeah. In the end, yeah. So, um, slightly worrying. Three concussions last year. Yeah. So wait to wait hear. to see what what comes out of that. But um, you know, it's easy to to forget. Um, the impact these players have had, and I, I was waxing lyric about Jackson Willis mm. early on last season, or the first half of last season. Really, I thought I thought he was brilliant. So good to see him get some some game time, and hopefully that concussion isn't isn't serious. Um, the other player I was gonna gonna mention was Will Stewart um, yep. on, on the tight head side. Obviously. Um, really, really <laughs> excited to see these young lads. Um, Christian Judge starting um, against Bristol. I think they're still trying to determine really who who. Um, sort of first choices in that position, obviously with Henry Henry Thomas not um, not quite fit at the moment, um, but he was brilliant in the scrum. Yeah. And with, with in a game that's built around your pack, your line out, um, your scrum, um, your tight end props always going to be the cornerstone there. And he was um, absolutely smoking some of the Gloucester guys in, mm. um, in 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 the tight and in the loose. So um, yeah, really good performance by him. And you can see why um, Die Young. Um, was so uh, was so yeah. um, keen to hang on to him at the, you know at the age of 23, um, looking a serious serious prospect. Yeah, and Judge obviously starting ahead of him, so they, they must rate yeah. him. And I know Saracens certainly rated Judge and didn't really want to to let him go at the back end of of, of last season. Um, moving on then to someone who perhaps didn't have their best night, um, caught quite a bit of traction on Twitter, I think, um, and that was Austin Healy in in the commentary box, Tom. Um, on 34 minutes, he said that Bath will have to take any positives they can from this game. Then made to look quite silly when we when we came back and won it. Um, really negative about Bath in that first 40 minutes. What were your sort of thoughts on on, on the way he described how we were playing and how that was going to limit our chances uh, of success this season and, and sort of how poor we were given it was a team that that, that isn't our first team by any means. Yeah, I think broadly, I, I you know I, I quite enjoy listening to, to Austin here. I think he's good. Um, analyst, he really understands um, sort of like defensive positioning, attacking sort of structure in the back. Agree. But he does have this sort of tendency to jump to sort of these quick conclusions, particularly around 
um, you know, when there's forward play. So he'll um, he'll moan about the scrums, which you know I, I appreciate aren't perfect, but I, I you know I really um, enjoy watching that part of the game. Um, and when yeah. Bath were playing that, you know, three of the four tries um, were based around the line out and the driving mall, um, the other being an interception. It's probably not the kind of game plan that he's going to get on board with. Um, whereas you know some of the Gloucester tries were far more sort of flamboyant and. Um, and, and scored out wide so yeah I think disappointing that he sort of got in that mentality and on, I, I, you know, on 29 minutes said that Bath are, um, are in for a really really tough season and to make that comment after half an hour of um, Premiership Rugby Cup um, rugby when you've got all these young lads um, who are only just breaking through playing obviously people yeah. away at the World Cup I think is um, I think is ridiculous and um, he, you know he's obviously an influential um, sort of pundit and, and that kind of negativity can can gain quite a lot of traction I think I think it's I think it's dangerous and you know important to appreciate the the context of who's playing and, and where we are in the season but an 18 year old playing number yeah. eight like we had a one scrum half who's barely played for the club yeah. you know but uh, yeah Tom Ellis playing seven yeah. you know trying different things out Hammer Webb who I mean incidentally I thought was really impressive yeah. a couple of last ditch tackles out wide which I really were, liked him as which, well which were brilliant Will Butt George Warboys really young lads who are not anywhere near as we've seen um, with the announcement of the of the of the of the team for the the Bristol game, anywhere near the first team quite yet. So I think it was, um, yeah, I think it was misplaced criticism. Yeah, I think your point's spot on as well. He is an influence, and he is a, he is a really good pundit in general, Austin Healy. And I think therefore people really respect what he says. And I was sort of following Twitter um, as I was wide awake at four a.m. in here in Japan, and everyone was saying completely agree with Austin Healy. And I sort of tried to. <laughs> to sort of dampen some of those fires yeah. and say, you know, it's not the end of the world, even if we lose this quite comfortably. And in the end, we, we played fantastically. Um, the other point I will make is it was just him and, and the main commentator guy, whereas normally you'd maybe have someone like Ben Kay, for example, David Flatman. Who are all the World um, Cup. Who are all the World <laughs> Cup. Yeah, you can see why he didn't get a gig there. But um, no, so to sort of balance that out, if you have a forward yeah. there, then maybe they can comment more on that and he can comment more on, on the backs play. But yeah, aside this point, and I will say, you know, what you think of, of Bath's season, sort of make your own mind up on that um, based on more factors other than a disappointing 30 minutes against Gloucester. Um, if you're a fan, don't just listen to, to Healy's opinions on that at 30 minutes. You know, we may have a poor season, but that wasn't exactly sort of an indicator of that, I don't think. Yeah. Cool, moving on. Uh, two... Uh, the game that is in about eight hours as we record this. You're going to be, um, uh, you're gonna be staying so, up for this Yeah, one? we'll see how many beers we have tonight um, and we may roll in and watch it <laughs> when we get in, <laughs> I guess. Um, but yeah, Bath Bristol Tom for the second time in two seasons, uh, second time in a row away at Ashton Gate. Uh, thoughts on the team initially? A couple of surprises, perhaps. Yeah. Eastland, McAnally, Williams, to name a three. Yeah, for sure. I think those are those are three. Uh, well, yeah, and I think you know Jamie Roberts on the bench as well. Uh, mm-hmm. Max Wright and Max Clark starting in the centres is is maybe um, you know slightly uh, slightly surprising. Yeah, the main one for me um, is is Josh McAnally. Mm-hmm. Um, Elliot Stuke always looks good um, when he comes off the bench. He's looked really strong. Um, in the in in the preseason games and the and the Prem Rugby Cup games, um, and you, you can tell that he's like a leader off the pitch. Like he's always very very vocal. Um, he's always well up for it. Um, you know we're big Elliot Stuke fans, um, as as yeah. you know if you've been listening to the podcast. Um, and to be honest, I don't know much about Josh McAnally. I know that he was very very highly rated by London Irish. Um, he was obviously captain. Um, there last season yeah. and for a couple of seasons previous to that. So um, clearly very highly touted. He's um, spent time um, as well in his career with 
um, some of the England age group, um, uh, you know, teams. So a good player, um, a solid player for sure. It was my understanding really that he was going to be more of a sort of mm-hmm. blindside yeah. flanker. Me too. Um, so yeah, slightly surprising, but um, interesting to see how he'll, uh, he'll how we'll get on against uh, uh, Dave Atwood on, yeah. on the Bristol side. I think that, that's key. And I, he, he did look quite good actually, McNally. He came on quite early in that that Gloucester game, and I think he did make a bit of an impact. Uh, sort of in the line-out. Um, but yeah, I was extremely surprised to see him um, starting, especially as we've commented on uh, the, the extremely strong performance of, of, of Douglas. Um, the other one I'm really excited to see in that team selection is, is the other Levi, and that's Levi uh, Davis on the wing. We've mentioned previously in our pre-season podcast, which if you haven't checked out, please, uh, it will be in your feed. Um, so do that, and you can hear us rave about Levi Davis's uh, performances on the wing for for, for Bath in the preseason. So excited to see he, how he points. Do you see his do you see his performance? I haven't on, uh, seen it. It's pretty it. impressive to Was be it? fair. Yeah, he's not bad. I don't think. I think out of the three of them, I'd say. I mean, I'm you know I'm no I'm no Simon Cowell, but I think out of the three of them, <laughs> um, although the karaoke has been. Uh, oh yeah, has, we haven't <laughs> mentioned that actually. Very very uh, yeah, big karaoke scene out here. Yeah, massive karaoke <laughs> scene. Quite strange, and you go into these little booths. Um, it's not sort of open in a bar like it is um, in the UK, which I think everyone would be grateful for, given some of the noises that were coming out of us um, uh, on, on this yeah, trip. After eight pints uh, of Guinness in the Irish bar, our rendition of Hey Jude wasn't exactly no. um, the well, Beatles, was it? Well, but, speak for yourself. But um, yeah, I think out of the three, Levi Davis was, uh, was, was, was really good. And they had the judges, uh, Louis Walsh and Simon Cowell. Is it the same judges? Standing, yeah, I think it is. I mean, uh, they, were standing on, they were standing and applauding at the end. It was... Uh, yeah, pretty oh, impressive. But his, rug, his rugby's also been uh, um, been pretty good. If the singing uh, doesn't work out, and um, yeah, brilliant for him to get a start. Obviously, with the three boys away now, um, suddenly he he's really needed to step up. Alan Brew um, on the other wing. Um, so it'd be great to see how 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 he gets on. Yeah, I agree. Um, and a lot of new faces there, and um, I think we've covered sort of what we expect from from there. Go on. Do you know what I was going to say? Interesting that they've they, they've put in Priest and head of Burns. Well, I, I, that was the point I was going to come on to, Tom. I think it was the same selection this time a year ago. Uh, we went with Priest and uh, in that first game, I think, um, didn't work, and then we were flip flopping for the rest of the season. And we've I'm not gonna I'm not gonna say it again because I, I've, I've said it too many times. We've got to stick to one ten. So. Um, you know whether you think that's the right decision or not, and I think the way Burns played against Gloucester, he can perhaps count himself slightly unlucky. But then I guess they were probably maybe already uh, made this decision given that Priestman wasn't involved in the 23 against Gloucester. Mm. So just stick with him, please, uh, Hooper, because we need to get consistency at halfback. I'm not going to go on to that again. So yeah, I hope he goes really well, um, so that that sort of can be put to bed. But um, not necessarily that confident that he will. Couple of uh, big head-to-heads as well. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, big, big sort of people wanting to come out on top. So Zach Mercer will be lining up against yeah. obviously the new oh, yeah. uh, new Bristol Bear Nathan Hughes. Oh, oh, um, so that will be um, one. Hopefully that uh, Zach will come out on on top of and uh, really put to bed um, who will be kind of involved um, in that England shirt um, going forward in that position. Yeah. Um, the other one um, that I was I was going to mention, I, sh- I should have mentioned it. When I was talking about him was um, Levi Davis actually against Luke Morahan. Yeah. Morahan was incredibly dangerous um, last season, um, particularly you'll remember in that in that first game at Ashton Gate where yeah, he, yeah. Uh, he he tore us apart um, slightly. So it will be um, you know experienced player, been involved with um, Australia before, and he will be looking to um, kind of probably maybe exploit some of the. Um, you know, slight inexperience at this level that, that Levi Davis has. So massive uh, night for him. And then obviously um, for the whole of the back nine, really, 
um, dealing with Charles Piertau, who'd be lining up at, yeah. at fullback. And obviously um, didn't play this time Diego as yeah. well, so that was a big story then. It's interesting because they're you know particularly in the Pacific Island teams. You know we've kind of noticed a few names that we we recognise. So Siali Piertau was playing. Um, Alapati Leua, who scored actually in, mm-hmm. in this, this fixture last season, um, are both both um, in Japan at the moment, and their their backline doesn't really look um, affected. Um, you know, mm-hmm. with Lua Tour at six, Chris Bui um, coming off the bench, they're a very dynamic, uh, very very dynamic team. Um, Max Leaf off the bench as well, mate. Yeah. Max Leaf, good to see him get a gig in Bristol. Yeah, it is actually because he, you know, he obviously kind of. I think that Clermont, um, yeah, the Clermont deal fell through. I know, and, yeah, injuries, and I think so. I think that was that would have been a bit of a dream for him to be fair. Yeah. I think like go out there, um, you know, uh, earn a good living, but also probably um, probably enjoy himself and, and get stuck into the other stuff he likes doing um, outside yeah. of rugby. So I'm glad that he was, and I was slightly surprised, but also glad to be honest when I when I heard that he was getting a Premiership gig. Yeah, because um, obviously late in the day, it, um, it you know it could have been tough for him. So I hope um, hope he goes well. Probably be lining up against. Um, Lewis Boyce, um, yeah. the, uh, the the man that's come over from from Harlequin. So uh, very, um, again, mention it again, but very excited to see how that um, that uh, front row on the bench goes of Walker Boyce and Stewart. For me, that's 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 very exciting. Buzzing to see the yellow kit as well. Can't wait for the yellow. True. Kit. Well, are we in yellow? Huh? Yeah, we'll be, be in yellow. Nice. Yeah, so yellow kit. I bet it looks better on them than it does on me uh, out here in Japan. <laughs> um, they're very yellow, aren't they? Uh, yeah, it's more yellow, more than, yellow you than you think. But I think a couple of washes and it will sort of be a gold. Can't really wear it this weekend given uh, Australia, Australia. Mm. Uh, game. So, um, yeah, that one's tucked away. But, yeah, still a really nice jersey. Would recommend it um, 100%. Really, really good. Um, I'm looking forward to see the boys line up in that. Uh, one area then, Tom, where you think uh, the game will be won and lost, I guess tonight is the is yeah. word to use. I kind of always kind of say this to be honest, but I think I think it will be set piece. Um, I think it's going to be. Um, I'm, I'm really encouraged by some of the stuff that we we've shown um, uh, in that last game against Gloucester. I think one of the areas last season where we struggled was setting up a good driving more. We've got such powerful forwards, but we weren't quite getting them working well together. We've got Charter is working on that now in the coaching setup. Stuart Hooper um, will have been involved as well, and Neil Hatley to come. So I really help, hope that they can try and um, sort of. Uh, you know, make that a real weapon um, in attack this season, but it's going to be very difficult because um, you know that front five um, of Bristol is very, very experienced. So um, Faka, Afoa, Atwoods, um, and then obviously Luatur and Nathan Hughes in in the yeah. back row is is a very experienced and and, and canny um, operator. So know exactly what to do to um, you know to get the referee Thomas Foley on on, on the right side. So yeah, that'll be the really important the lineup for me. Um, and also obviously the other side of that coin, the scrum. Mm-hmm. Um, so Ben Obano back starting probably should have mentioned like great to yeah. see him get get a gig in the in the loose we'll, we'll mention every player and he looks great, uh, great to see every player <laughs> he, he looks he looks pretty massive in the uh, in the in the yellow kit have you seen the new thing yeah, about cool, doing with the, yeah with the announcing the team when they all come forward and sort of cross their arms um, he looks yeah he looks a bit of a weapon in that kit yeah um, so hopefully he'll go well but obviously scrummaging is has never been the the strongest part of his game if we're being brutally honest um, and lining up against John Afoa is a okay. uh, is a tough ask. He was probably, um, you know, one of the main reasons that Bristol did so well um, last season and answered kind of all the critics like me who yeah. who said they'd go down. So um, yeah, that'll be a massive area. Yeah, um, I think agree. And then so you've you've covered off the the front row. Your area of specialism. Your area of specialism. X area of specialism. X area of specialism. And I'll uh, cover off the area of 
well, apparently still specialism, but not really, uh, which is the halfbacks. It's going to be key to control the game. And I, th I think the key is to, to control that crowd. Uh, we saw last year in this fixture, you were there, Tom, I think, mm. um, how the crowd can really sort of turn this game. Um, it's a sellout at Ashton Gate. The crowd will be massively up for it. Um, given the World Cup's on, it's a massive weekend for rugby. And we've got to control that. We've got to keep that on side. We've got to keep the ref on side. Um, firstly, and then we've got to play in the right areas, and and, and Chudley's experience and Preston's experience uh, is key uh, in that, and Yule's is captaincy. He's got to be calm. He's got to be composed. And he's got to sort of lead lead these boys, uh, hopefully, to a, to a big victory. It's tough, though, isn't it? I mean, like from from a fixture setting point of view, I mean they've they've set this twice in a year, yeah. tw twice in a row now, and I can see why they do it. You know, it'll be the only time probably. Um, it was last season that, that, that Bristol will sell out um, Ashton Gate. Um, it's, it's a massive um, event for rugby. Obviously, the West Country Derby, two kind of historic um, uh, rivals going at it. But it does seem a little bit like we've we've been given the high end of the yeah, deal there. I mean, obviously, going to a buzzsaw, doesn't it? Yeah, sort of like we, you know, a fair few of our players away, a couple of injuries in there as well, um, and we're straight up on the um, on on the Friday night, um, you know, against uh, against Bristol. I mean. It, for me, it's, it's it's going to be a tough one. I don't know what you think. Yeah, it is what it is, mate. We've got to. That's the way it is. We can't make any excuses about that. I what? think it is disappointing. I think like why couldn't we? Because uh, the clash isn't Bristol this year. Why couldn't we have the, this this year at home at the rec maybe to to, to make it slightly yeah. fairer? But yeah. I guess we can't really whine about the schedule. That that sort of is yeah, isn't it? It'd be a great occasion. If, if we can turn them over, it'd be a, a massive start to to our season and and, and a real sort of zone setter. For, for, for hopefully what's to come a really good season. Do you think the players are confident given the, the teams that have been put out and given that it is this this big occasion? Um, yeah. yeah the, well, it's difficult to know, isn't it? They've got to be, haven't they? I mean, we are a better team than Bristol. We were last year. Um, I know we're missing a lot of boys, but they they put them, a lot of these boys would have been involved when we put them away quite comfortably uh, in the clash. So I think they've got to be confident. They will be confident. Um, you know, this has been circling these guys' diaries for so long. You know, yeah. it's, it's end of October, mate. These guys haven't played rugby in a long, long time. I just think they'll be up for it. Um, well, and me, yeah, they'll be confident. Me, I'll read you a quick quote then that, that Bath Rugby put out from um, from Reese Priest, and I, I thought this was a bit of a strange, a strange quote. And, and, and let me know if you agree. So he says, "We have set some clear targets for Friday night, and it's important we go out there and stick to our game plan. If we do that, then we will be in with a fighting chance of getting a good result." For me, it's not great, is no. it? No. <laughs> I read that and I just thought, bloody hell, Reese. Come on. We you, you, you will have trained all, all the time, you know, all pre-season for this. You'll be, you should be so up for this. You, you should be chomping the bit after not, not playing um, against Gloucester in the last game. Um, and he says, if, if everything goes to plan, um, we'll be in with a fighting chance of getting a good result. And from, I, I just hope that, um, you know, we come. That, that's you know that's taken a little bit out of context, and, and sort of we come out, um, you know, really fighting, and we don't just lie down if if it doesn't all go to plan um, early doors, and the crowd get on our back a bit. And that that was the the highlight of Reese's interview as well. If that's the snippet that Bath Rugby yeah, has exactly. put out, so uh, don't know what the rest of it was like then, Tom. Uh, any other thoughts on this game uh, before we uh, make a wild prediction that will be wrong probably by the time you listen to this? Um. No, I think in, yeah. In, in terms of predictions, as I say, I think I think it is going to be quite tough. And as much as I would I would like to see us getting off to, to a winning start, I think I think it is going to be quite um, quite quite a difficult one. I think they um, they've improved materially from this time last season. We probably haven't got quite as strong a team out given 
um, you know, the, the boys away and, and injured that we've we've mentioned. So um, yeah, I, I do think I do think that's a good chance that we'll, we'll um, either wake up tomorrow morning or, or be uh, or be sort of uh, at five thirty five thirty tomorrow morning. I'm pretty upset with the results. So I, yeah, I do think Bristol will will win. Very very. Um, uh, very very happy to to be proved wrong and I, yeah and I think but I think it'll be Bristol by somewhere in the region of of, of seven. Okay. Yeah. Well, I'm gonna. Will that be the positive result that Reese is after her losing bonus? Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Um, I'll give you a positive result, Reese, and that's a Bath win uh, on the basis of that strong pack. Uh, we're going to bully them up front. We're going to control. Um, we're going to control the territory. Uh, with our experienced half-backs. I can't even believe it when I'm saying it. And then our potent back three. Added Bruce back. Times are good. Um, they're going to score some in the corner. Uh, Bath Tom Homer will eight. actually uh, put yeah, the ball, God, place the ball yeah. down successfully this time. Yeah, uh, um, Bath by eight, I think, uh, with four tries. Bristol with nothing. Um, <laughs> and we'll get the week off weekend off to a fantastic start. Uh, a weekend, Tom, which we're going to be at the centre of um, here in... Beppu, close to Oita, I keep sort of mixing those two up. Um, what are you looking forward to about this this weekend of international rugby away from, from the blue, black and white as I reach for another colder side, as you mentioned? Well, I think, yeah, we just really need to get the weekend off to, to you know, to, to a good start with a win. I mean, I think it will put a massive downer on um, on, on all of sort of uh, the England fans that have travelled out here if we aren't able to, um, to overcome Australia. Obviously, a few um, surprises with the England team yeah. um, in terms of changing uh, the team from Argentina I, I think it's the right call to, to have made those changes I think Ford and um, Fowey yeah, yeah. yeah mainly and I think he, I think he would have um, Eddie Jones would have done that if the France game had been on so now he's sort of backed himself into a bit of a corner where he has to say do I go with um, what we played last time and not make any changes or do I pick what I um, have mm. thought is always the best team um, ultimately and I, I think he, he's obviously gone with the latter which, which I think is the um, is the correct call? Yeah, I pretend. I I think I agree with you that it's the correct call to not play Ford. Um, I will just say if he does think that's his best team, then he may have played it against Argentina. Um, given mm. that we only really had to win one of those games to get out of the group, um, and it didn't really matter if we topped it or came second, so I will think that he may have done it then. Um, I worry that he's blinked and done a Stuart Lancaster and seen Samu Karevi and, and yeah. got, got nightmares and, and he's tried to shore it up there. Um, I do worry that that's happened, but um, yeah, I guess we're here. We've got to back Eddie in. And I, I, I do think it's the right call, but I'm, I'm, it makes me more nervous, I think, that he's done it. And I think it also makes me nervous that he's played Slade ahead of JJ. And I know this is the Bath Rugby plug, so I know I'm preaching to the converted in that I think JJ is a better player than Slade. And I think JJ is in great form. And I don't think Slade's played enough rugby to play at 13. So I would have gone with, with JJ there. Um, but yeah, it's a, it's a really strong looking team. It's a team that looks like it's there just to go and bully them. Yeah, okay. Maka back, Correct. Billy playing, Laws in to, to get at. Uh, Lili Afanu and, and maybe Patea uh, if he steps into sort yeah. of a, a, a first ball playing role. Ultimately, he's gone with he, he is slightly more conservative in nature, not having the forward fire axis, not having the potentially what would be a, a bit of a defensive frailty in that ten twelve channel. Mm. Obviously, moving Manu in one position kind of matches him up there with Sami Karevi, and that that will make for oh, God, um, that's, yeah, it'll make for for some um, match up there. And then obviously Henry Slade, who may not have kind of the the sort of attacking or just the sheer ability to beat men, um, but is potentially an all-round better, um, you know, better sort of football player, if you like, than 
than JJ. Obviously, has got that uh, left boot. Um, is very, very uh, kind of experienced and, and canny. Um, and putting him up against the the young nineteen year old Jordan Patea. So I can see the logic for it. Um, for me, the cruise one is strange because yeah. one area where we weren't so good against against Tonga. Um, in that first game was in the lineup. Mm-hmm. We, you know, yeah, it, obviously Cowan Dickey started that game, but um, I felt like when Cruz came back, the lineup does seem to function um, sort of much better. Yeah, I agree um, with that. I so, think he's been standout Cruz yeah. as well. I think he can tell himself unlucky, and his partnership with Laws uh, with Todje, sorry, is is one that sort of honed now for a long time. They always make each other play better. Yeah, I think so. And when you when you're lining up against Rory Arnold, who's who's six foot ten mm-hmm. and the tallest man in the in the competition. Um, it's, it's line out is somewhere where you need to be 100% on the money and I'm sure we will be and I'm sure they'll have trained meticulously and, and yeah I'm just going to back Eddie Jones yeah, and, uh, uh, as much as I can do. but um, yeah it's going to be a nervy uh, a yeah, nervy, I'm, nervy day at 4.15 tomorrow isn't it yeah, nervy I'm nervous class. now I don't know what I'm going to do for, well, I do have an idea of what I'm going to do tonight but um, and, yeah and Jerome Garcez obviously yeah. with the, uh, oh. <laughs> the Ben whistle, scheme so, at TMO so it's going to be one where he'll he'll form an idea of what he, he's happy with at the breakdown mm-hmm. which obviously can be pivotal um, with yeah. Curry and Underhill against um, Pocock and Hooper and if we can come out on the right side of the early doors I think we're in with a we're in with a very very good shot and we've really got the edge However, if, if Hooper and uh, particularly Hooper, I think, I think um, it, you know, is 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 a very very dangerous player at the breakdown. If he can start sort of start to get an edge and get on the right side of the referee, we could find ourselves um, playing in our half a lot of the time and yeah. really having to nail our skills. Yeah, um, I think how we beat Australia in the past is sort of discipline, get penalty count low, play in their half, don't let them out of their half, and then just bully them. I think it's simple as that. You can't do that against New Zealand. You can't do that against South Africa. But I do feel against Australia, um, it may be slightly stereotypical. I know they, they, their, their front row in particular has improved a lot yeah. over the past few years, but I do think they're still weak sort of in, in, in the tight area. And, and we've picked a big, big team. And, and as you say, I think Underhill's a guy that, on this podcast, perhaps we haven't focused enough on uh, that he's been in the England team and, and playing really well. Um, and I think he's got a massive role to play yeah. on, on Saturday. They, you know, that pooper combination it, it's, has killed us before. And hopefully, the, the worst is going to be um, Kunda, no, that was nearly bad. Um, under Curry or something is going to sort of uh, be, 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 be potent for England on, on Saturday. Because, yeah, the breakdown's key because it determines field position so often with, with the penalty count. Yeah. Um, and quarterfinal nerves uh, under the roof. Oh, it's going to be uh, incredible. Sorry, we're sort of waxing lyrical. We're just so excited. We understand that you will also be excited, but perhaps not quite um, as excited as we're getting here. Um, any other thoughts on the the uh, weekend in general, Tom? Uh, the four games, obviously. Well, I would almost be as happy with an with a with a Japan win than than an England win. And, and Nearly, but not al- quite. almost, almost. And I, I for me, I'm, I'm all. I think I will be nervous. Um, for that day, obviously, we've kitted ourselves out with some uh, uh, j- sort of Japanese uh, sort of headbands oh, that we'll be wearing uh, <laughs> wearing on the wearing on the Sunday with our with our England shirt. So uh, we'll, we'll definitely be screaming for uh, screaming yip on um, uh, on on the Sunday somewhere um, after hopefully uh, Wales have crashed out uh, yeah. to a uh, to a, um, a an Entomac special. Um, uh, that would really top off the weekend very nicely. Yeah, I do think. That there's, I think you've got four reasonably clear favourites here. I would say I think maybe all of them are at least six point favourites with the bookies. I think you've got England, Wales, uh, New Zealand, and South Africa reasonably clear favourites. But I, I think there's going to be one upset, 
Um, and I don't know where that's going to be. Um, I dread to think that it's in the England game, but I think one of them will be an upset. Yeah, I mean, um, it might be from you know and something to the red card. Exactly, and I, I think you know it, it may the sort of TMO red card issue that sort of perhaps died down a little bit recently um, may rear its ugly head again, which I really hope it doesn't. Even for Australia, to be honest with you, because I just want to play a quarter final of a World Cup. Uh, with no contra- controversy and the best four teams come through and we have amazing semi-finals but I worry that that's going to happen and that may impact on an upset or just France turn up and play really well Japan play really well Ireland have beaten New Zealand Australia have got some really talented players yeah. all eight teams have got a chance this weekend so uh, I guess that's what makes it so exciting but I guess that's also when you've got a dog in the fight makes it so nerve-wracking yeah no hulling decisions and uh, more importantly no typhoons yeah, um, and it will be uh, it will be some weekend. But there's a storm like <laughs> starting outside. It's bizarre this sort of scene we're sat here with having a little cold asahi, um, and there seems to be a storm. We've not really um, explored Beppu much, having only arrived sort of an hour ago. But it looks like a really bizarre scene out there. So uh, looking forward to going out and checking out what those flashing lights looking <laughs> like. It's sort of steam. a jacuzzi party going on below us and a storm brewing up ahead. So yeah, fingers crossed for no typhoons because that would uh, really put a damper on, on the weekend <laughs> and on, on the tour in general. Um, I think that's it from from us out here in Japan. Really hope you've enjoyed this podcast. Apologies if it's uh, all been about our holiday and sort of a chance for us to do that. But um, yeah, really hope you've enjoyed it. Um, If you have, then do all the usual things. Subscribe, tell your friends, rate us. Get in touch with us on Twitter as well. Uh, Thanks to Matt as well for getting in touch with us. Uh, Hopefully we answered your question about the new faces and what we expect. And we apologise again for... For the intro change but do get in touch with us on Twitter we really really appreciate it uh, a bit of a home comfort as well being out in Japan to sort of talk some blue black and white uh, I really have appreciated it so so please do that and um, yeah we we also apologize that the start of the season has been a bit of a stop start from us uh, we've had one or two things on uh, sort of um, away from the podcast and, and now us, me and Tom coming out to Japan has made it quite difficult to sort of all get together and talk all things uh, Bath rugby, but we will be, we'll be back. back. Hopefully um, with the, hopefully with Charlie in tow. Yeah, exactly. Um, ne- next um, week, I think, isn't it? Yeah, hopefully next week, and then going forward into the season, our regular slot uh, on Tuesday mornings into your feed. Um, we are still uh, going to do that every week. So uh, apologies for the slightly slow start, but we will be back um, when we're when, when we're back from Japan and uh, I've got over the jet lag. Once again, thanks for listening. Enjoy the weekend of rugby. This is sort of four years building to this amazing weekend of rugby. So, you know, any other commitments, it's not more important than this. Get yourself in front of the telly, have a pint and enjoy this because this is going to be amazing. Uh, we can't wait. I get. I bet you can't wait. Enjoy the bath game. Let's get off to a flying start, please, boys. Um, and we'll, we'll be in touch soon. Thank you, Tom. Can't wait. Cheers. And if I could say goodbye in Japanese, I would sign it off like that, but um, haven't got that far yet. (laughs) So uh, see you soon.